By golly, that's a beautiful sound. What's up, neighbors? My name's Mark. I'm here with my best friend, Pruitt. What's going um, on, guys? It's, uh, it's currently a Monday night. We were supposed to record this on a Sunday, but um, the young man that I poured a beer on on our Instagram story actually got a little upset, so I think our um, recording with him is going to be a little bit delayed. Maybe till episode uh, 200 or 205, <laughs> if that ever actually happens. But... I want to start this off by giving a quick shout out to uh, some Instagram supporters that we don't know again. Uh, we appreciate you. We think our videos are pretty funny and we hope you do too. Uh, first off, Kyler Huff, 15. Looks like a wrestler. And the first picture I click on, that motherfucker slamming a dude on his ass. So props to you, dog. Um, we hope you keep following us. Thank you. Along with that, there was another dude. What's his name? Double O Kevin. Mm-hmm. Double O Kevin, my dog. He's going to send us in a, uh, our first viewer story. So that'll be kind of how we want to lead into this. Um, viewer stories. Basically, if anybody listens to us, um, wants to share a funny story that's relative or any, anything, literally. Anything that fucking happens. If you want to share it, you tell us. So we got Kevin coming in. He's going to call us and he's going to he's gonna share some of his humor with us. And we're looking forward to that. So we appreciate the support. If you do follow us and we missed out, um, you know, comment on a video or something, and then we'll be sure to, to uh, get get out to you next time. Mm -hmm. Double O underscore Kevin, you're a legend. Yeah, you're a legend. We appreciate you, dog. Yeah. On top of those supporters, we want to shout out one more, Jack Cavebong. Oh, yeah, true. This man is the senior directive editor of Your Dad's America on Instagram, at Your Dad's America. It's an account that features some of the things that our dads used to see when they were growing up. The party scene, the music they listened to. It's essentially a retro Instagram that showcases the lives that our parents lived when they were it's, growing up and going through It's absolutely awesome. It's got 2,539 posts, 196,000 followers. They're almost to 200,000. So any of our friends listening to this, y'all go give them a follow. But Jack's... Uh, Jack was really nice to us, and um, one of the videos we put out recently um, with a little bit of a retro vibe to it, I think, caught his eye. Um, but if y'all do not follow them and you have an appreciation for uh, some daily nostalgia and a lot of dad jokes, go ahead over there mm -hmm. and give them a follow at Your Dad's America, Y-O-U-R-D-A-D-S-A-M-E-R-I-C-A. -E Jack K. Bong, you're the man. Yeah, we appreciate it, brother. Let's get on with it. Mark, I know that y'all uh, hit the links recently in lieu of the yeah. recent Tiger went, Tiger Woods uh, victory. Yep. You had to go get on the golf course. We had to. Um, give give me a little description and a rundown of your experience on the sketchy Atlanta golf course that you went to recently. So, um, well, it wasn't sketchy. It was actually a great course, and the people were very nice. Shout out to Charlie Yates Golf Course in Atlanta. It's at East Lake. It's um, off the right side of East Lake, which is actually where Tiger Woods won his second most recent major. You're kidding. In the fall. Yeah, well, the one I went to go see. Wow. That I okay. told you about. Okay. In, uh, episode one. So he won it there. It's an extension to that course. Um, it was made by a lot of Atlanta residents, so it's a pretty cool place. Okay. We're having a great time. Um, the one bummer is you play, it's just nine holes, and if you want to pay for 18, uh, they don't tell you that they don't have 18. They say, yeah, you can play 18. But then when you get to hole number nine, you see the sign that says, um, turn the fuck around. You're going to play them backwards for 18. So that's not fun. Uh, that was the one downside. But at about 
I wouldn't say hole 10. I would say hole one. The second time we did it, we get up to the tee box. You know, I'm loosened up. I'm having a good day. Um, I beat Bennett, the guy that we poured a beer on last night. Me and him are pretty competitive, so I'm feeling good. And then out of the woods, I just hear a loud shrieking sound, and I see a golf cart come fucking ripping through the trees um, and then turn right quickly to avoid us and run over the uh, female's tees. Um, It's two little... I'd say one of them is probably 15 to 16, and the other one is uh, probably eight. He uh, looks exactly like the kid from the most recent Jordan Peele movie, Us, Um, the little little scary kid. I don't think it's the one with the scissors, but it's the little boy who wears the mask. Um, Now, this kid had like a little white beanie on, and it was hot as fuck outside. So I kind of, I kind of akin that to the mask in the movie, and I was also pretty high. And this kid talked to me like he was an adult. He uh, first he told me to fuck off because he got in front of our line. I was a little bit disappointed in that, so I called uh, the front desk. I don't want to be one to bump, you know, ruin some kid's fun. Right. But they were tearing this shit up, and I mean it too. And it's a nice golf course because it's like right. it's near Eastlake. Right. And they are like literally ripping like. At first, I saw them. I'm like, okay, maybe that's the owner's kids. They're out here having a good right, time. Right, but it right. turns out when people on the 18th, or not, the, I, I would, I should say the, uh, the uh, hypothetical 18th hole, uh-huh. when they get done, they leave. You know, any golf course, you leave your key in the cart for the cart guys probably right. to like pull it around, clean it up, do all that. So these kids must have just been hopping in the carts and going straight up Grand Theft Auto and just whipping them all around the course. And so eventually, the marshal came out. And our friend right. Michael, who actually just parted ways with us, um, he just he hit his drive. It was a par four, like just 260, dog leg left. <clears throat> Pretty simple hole. Michael hit a good drive, and he was happy about it. But those kids, they ran away because the marshal of the course came out and eventually said, I'm going to call the police. And the little kid was like, ah, oh, the little eight-year-old man. He goes, ah, oh, shit, like, call the cops. I don't give a fuck. And he was like, you better yeah. get out of here. Eight-year-olds, man. Eight-year-old kid going, I don't give a fuck to a grown man. Wow. And he started, they start running away, and uh, Michael's ball was in the fairway. And so I see the kid, the older kid in the middle, he reaches down and grabs it. Okay. And starts just riding. And I said, uh, Michael, they took your ball. And the marshal, I, I'm assuming is like someone who owns the course, and his wife yeah. are both out there. Yeah. And Michael goes, fuck no, that motherfucker. And he throws his hat down and starts running, and he gets in our golf cart, does a quick turnaround, and smacks into, smacks into the marshal's golf cart. And he's telling Michael to calm down. Michael starts chasing after this kid. Y'all don't really know Michael, but if you knew him, it'd be pretty funny. Pruitt grew up with him. Yeah. He chased these kids down, um, but they got away with his ball, and, I mean, it was pretty freaking crazy. Atlanta is, is like a zoo, and if you want to see some funny stories, I think I had a video of them up doing some donuts in a sand trap, and I also had a video of uh, just some other crazy shit going on in Atlanta. So would It you ain't the s- suburbs, but it's Would you say – that this was probably comparable to OJ skirting off in the Bronco. Well, when he when he told them they were gonna that he was gonna call the cops, he didn't. They didn't pull off in the golf cart. Okay. He he was like, oh fuck no, the police, and then he just started riding down the hill. Oh shit! Ride like fast as hell. We weren't catching him, man. But he was a scary like it, it was a scary situation because and like the older kid asked me if I wanted any drugs. I was like, dude, I'm just out here trying to play with boys. I'm sorry, right, like, right. I don't want any drugs right now. But it was the most interesting golf experience I've, I've probably ever had in my life. That's incredible. And I won't be going back there anytime soon. But if you live in Atlanta in Atlanta and want to have a a nice golfing experience. You know, there might be some kids out there like going a little Mad Max on the fucking golf cart. Yeah. But speaking of golf courses, Mark, one of my first employment opportunities 
was working at a golf course out in Blythewood near our house. You know where that is. Which one? You can say it. Crick and Tree. Crick and Tree, yeah. Crick and Tree. I worked for a guy named Rob. And Rob had probably the worst alcoholism problem that I have ever experienced in my entire life. How so? I would show up to work. I'd walk in the clubhouse. And this man would be three sheets to the wind at 3 p.m. Holy shit. Stumbling around the clubhouse. Hey, man. If you want to just go, uh, if you want to just go, uh, collect some range balls, man, you can head on and clean some golf carts up. I'm going to probably get out of here at 5 p.m., even though I'm supposed to stay till y'all leave at 9 p.m. <coughs> you just go ahead and do what you got to do, take care of the customers, and I'll see you tomorrow. So I'd get out there, I'd clean the golf carts, I'd collect some range balls, and this man would get off the clock at about 3 or 4 p.m. and leave. Damn. He would leave one cart boy there, me, to do do whatever the fuck I wanted to for like five or six hours (laughs) until we got off the clock. He'd call me at about 9 p.m. Hey, man, you close up the shop okay? Everything everything turned out all right? So I went through three months of this shit, right? How old right? Were you, 16? I was like 15, 16 yeah, years old. Been like, what's, uh... It was right after that. Okay, okay, okay. So I went, I went through about three months of this shit. And we had a girl come in that started working the pro shop so that he could leave even earlier at like 1 or 2 p.m. And she recognized that he was on his phone a lot. He was walking outside at random hours of the day, talking on the phone for a long time, some sketchy shit. So she went and did a little bit of investigating on his uh, on his work computer. There was a huge lawsuit that was filed about four months after I started working there. She went and investigated his emails. He had been emailing a 14-year-old girl off of Craigslist telling her that he was a golf pro that he made a lot of money he made like 2 million a year working as a golf pro and that he was going to come up to Ohio and visit her and buy her shit and fuck her 14 years old there was a whole he's like 48 years old there was a huge investigation filed and he was promptly fired but he had also been mismanaging dues at the club really So he'd been, there was one time I went to cash my paycheck, which was like $160, which is nothing compared to the revenues that a club brings in, and the check bounced back. Damn. I went to try to cash it, and they were like, I'm sorry, there's not enough in the account right now. A country club. Holy cricketry, wow. Cricket, yeah, no shit, dude. That's right near our property out there in Blackwood. Yeah. But I had some yeah. gr- I had some great times out there because yeah, like dude, we could I just you I mean when that motherfucker out. left work I could have people there we could smoke weed we could drink on the golf yeah. course there was beer in the pro shop that they never inventoried yeah. so we just drink whatever the fuck we wanted it was job. a great time it was a great time all right so we did have Bennett on our last recorded episode but it really just didn't work out yeah, the flow of it didn't work yeah, we want to give you all the best me and Pruitt are pretty. Uh, methodical in the way we do things and we have pretty good rhythm with the way we talk right um in terms of speaking in accordance to each other mm-hmm. um bennett was more so um we're gonna give him to you in doses mm-hmm. because honestly i think everybody deserves a little bit of bennett in their life yep 
but in doses. It's like a drug. So um, we're going to try to get him on here in a minute. Yeah, um, he'll be on for here. For our new segment, Five Minutes with Bennett. Um, he's a pretty funny guy, and we like the way he talks about things, so we think that y'all will laugh at the way he talks about things. But first, we wanted to just go ahead and kind of get back to our roots and really just talk about some shit that we we really we, we, we like to talk about a lot, and that's just high school in general. Uh, we spoke about a viewer story that we're going to try to have come in from uh, from our boy Kevin, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> we thought we'd start off the first just maybe like high school or just suburban type stories in mm-hmm. general um, today. So, you know, I think our high school, when me and Pruitt, um, at the birth of our friendship, we have a lot of pretty fucking good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about the Jimmy one, Pruitt. Um, did some some crazy shit, and it pretty much is you know in in Step Brothers when when Will Ferrell looks at John C. Riley and he said, "Do we just become best friends?" You know, that was what essentially what happened. And so I'm I'm gonna let yeah I want you to explain the Jimmy situation because I think it's it's fucking hilarious. So the inception of me and Mark's friendship was ninth grade at a little tiny small private high school, very religious, very conservative, very much in a small encapsulated bubble of rich religious parents in very, Columbia very and South Carolina. Very judgmental. Yeah. So we started our career there in ninth grade. We did a small stint at a public school very near to us. We moved back over. Yeah. We moved back over. <laughs> we met at football camp and we bonded over a lot of different things. We started our first week of school and the school that we went to decided it's going to be a great idea if we make a three-day camp where the students sleep inside of the high school, female, male, faculty, sleep inside of the high school for three days. We're going to plan a myriad of activities, and it's going to be a good time. So the first day we got there. It's like Coachella for private schools, for Christian private schools. We got a yeah. fucking water slides. We got fucking basketball. Yep. We got fucking uh, kids running around. We ran around a dirty, um, dusty field playing yep. tag. And basically, you had to find whoever had the matching Bible versus you and tag them. But yep. the guys took that a little bit serious, and they wanted to pummel the fuck out of each other. Yep. So, you know, I was like, oh, Jeremiah 29 11, fuck, that's him, you know? And I, and I tried to go tackle the fuck yeah. out of some big guy. It was like with religious values. Yeah. It was really fucking weird. I cut my leg open. I probably could have pressed charges, yeah. you know? The, like, amount of, the amount of torn ACLs that oh, were... And Achilles, too. Everything. We that were fucked. related to a Bible verse game is probably yeah. unprecedented yeah. I don't know what history. they were doing. I don't know what they were doing. They want us to learn them, because when you tag them, you have to say... Uh, uh, for God so loved the, the world, He gave His one and only begotten Son. You know, yada, yada yada yada. And no disrespect to Christianity, like you know, I I love Jesus and I'm a Christian, but it was weird because right. I would tackle someone and then I would recite a Bible verse and I was right. like, "What am I doing? How much sense did it make? Yeah, dude? it didn't make a lot of sense. I felt like a none. Yeah, none. And that's exactly when we became friends. And later that night, Pruitt did something that changed my life, and I'm gonna let him talk about that. Sorry to interrupt you. So this summer camp, this three day. End of the hot season of South Carolina summer camp. They decided that they would divide every single student in the student body up into groups of, I don't know, 19, 20 groups, based by grade. And they would give every single group a group parent that was also a member of the student body. 
So you had groups of juniors and seniors that were led by freshmen at this point, which is a completely messed up dynamic that does not work in any sense not of the word. in any sense, yeah. So me and Mark ended up in a group by fate, by chance, and also by destiny. The thing about the leaders of these groups was we realized and we got down to it. There's a movie called The Stanford Prison Experiment. And uh-huh. It's about where these professors at Stanford wanted to analyze how the um, basically the impact of having control, whether it be um, a jail guard, a police officer, a security guard, anything, mm-hmm. whether uh, how having control affects the brain. And right. we think that putting these people in charge of us really fucked a lot of shit up because we had a guy named Jimmy who was our father. And I didn't want to call Jimmy my father, and neither, neither did Pruitt because Jimmy was like about 14 years old. He was very smart. I believe his dad was definitely on the board of Samsung. Um, some of these resident students would pay a lot of money to come overseas and, I would and attend school with I us. Would agree. And Pruitt one night looks at me after we had listened to our, our uh, well, it was probably the 2012 Pretty Lights album. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought we were cool. Like, dude, I wish we could go smoke a fucking joint right now, like out the back, dude. Like, we were like, you know, we were fucking mad. And everybody else was out in the hallways of the high school having fun at night. Right. And when you're a high school student, it's pretty enticing. And you also have a lot of fear of missing out, a.k.a. Right. FOMO. So yeah. we're sitting there in this classroom. Jimmy is just got a power boner the size of a fucking ruler. And he's just sitting there like Adolf Hitler trying to tell us, you can't fucking go outside. Meanwhile, I have a huge crush on this girl. Uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about. I do. Little Miss Ice Skater. I was infatuated. I have to be outside. Right. So I say, I'm going to the bathroom. Pruitt says, I'm going to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Fuck you, Jimmy. You're not a fucking communist dictator. We're not scared this, of this you. Is our, this is our group dad, by the way, who yeah. decided that in spite of every single other group allowing their other kids to be outside hanging out on this group retreat, he said, you know what? We're going to go to bed at 7.45 p.m. while the fucking sun is still the peeking sun is through out. the windows. The sun is fucking out. And, and I'm fuck sa- you. And I said, Jimmy. Dude, me and Pruitt are sitting here sharing, sharing fucking headphones, you know? We're splitting earphones. This was before AirPods, all that shit. We're splitting earphones, you know, listen to this beat drop, dude. And then Pruitt says, let's go to the bathroom. Let's sneak out of this bitch. So we sneak out. We go to the bathroom. But then Jimmy, of course... His cock just continues to grow like Pinocchio's nose. And it's extending outside the fucking door. And then Jimmy comes into the bathroom and he says, What are y'all doing? And we're like, Yo, Jimmy, we just, I mean, we just wanted to bull, man. Like, you know, all our boys are out here. They have cool family group dads. And that's where I fucked up. I said, Cool family group dads. And Jimmy, you know, even through the language barrier, was obviously offended. Right. So we went back to the room. And then Pruitt did something. As I've been building up to and alluding to for the past five minutes, that basically molded our friendship and made me um, very, very happy to be friends with you. Right. It basically became it made, it made us best friends. It I'm was the let you it talk was the about how you how you became how you came up with this idea to do it this. was the structural foundation foundation of our friendship. I have never laughed so hard that I cried until this night. Go I'm gonna ahead. paint it like this: it was dead silent in the room. Aside from the, all our all our boys outside having fun, playing, right? Playing kickball, fucking football in the in the street, right? Yeah. Right. Aside from the floating background noise that was drifting in through the crack of the heavy wooden doors that were laden on this small religious school, yeah. We were laying on a myriad 
of air mattresses that were layered throughout the room to accommodate 20 students in a room where there should have only been about nine. It was dead silent. And I said, you know what, Mark? Fuck our family group dad for excluding us for these social activities. And it was dead silent. And through the silence, we just heard a little... And I heard that noise and I said, what the fuck was that? It sounds like, like, uh, like, like Jesus Christ himself just came through the air vents of this room. And all of a sudden I hear Jimmy go, what the fuck? And I was like, what? And Jimmy, who was actually, he fucked up, man. You know, if you're going to, see, if you're going to try to be a, a dictator or just lead people, don't mm-hmm. sleep next to the ones that you oppress. Sleep with the ones that you <laughs> entitle. Sleep with the ones that you were nice to, like your girlfriend. You know the like, that's what was fucked up is they put these kids in charge and like he had a little queen bitch like his girl at the time. You right. know he she, so she got to sleep behind the desk and, yeah. and watch fucking Netflix on her iPad while we're sitting there yeah. with the brightness turned down on our fucking school iPad trying yeah. to listen to fucking Pretty Lights and Grizz and just and just enjoy ourselves. Yeah. But Pruitt unscrewed the cap on Jimmy's air mattress and all I heard was, <laughs> and then Jimmy just punching the fucking ground and i don't know what it would have felt like as the american soldiers rolled into auschwitz um with all due respect you know to all the people who lost their lives Mm -hmm. but if you were in auschwitz and you made it through it and you saw your fucking you saw fucking freedom pulling up right there that wind that gust of air that hit me in the face that night that was freedom we definitely got called into the office we fell on the sword for you know what i did you were a bro for that definitely i went into that office I was sitting in Algebra 1, and all of a sudden, over the intercom. <laughs> Capra Putler, please report to the office. Uh, and I'm in class, too, and I hear that. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That's definitely it. We're going to have to run a shit ton of football practice for this. Right? We're, think- <laughs> we're thinking we're going to be punished. Because at that time, the politics of sports were tied in directly to the disciplinary actions yes. of the school body. So I'm thinking, God, like, fuck. Yeah. Me and Mark are going to have to run sprints for hours at football. I get called into the office. Maxwell Russell, the official dean of men at Ben Lippin, sits me down. He says, Mr. Butler, were you the one responsible for deflating the air mattress of Mr. Jimmy, who was your student leader? For the family groups that uh, no, been living, I don't even think it was that. He probably said, "No, he knew he it." He said, "Your father." He knew it. Your father. What the fuck? And Max. you know what? I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, "You know what? <clears throat> I did do that." Yeah, and he, I love Max. He was a cool guy. He um, was in charge of us as mm-hmm. the headmaster, and mm-hmm. it was a bit rough at times. But he yeah. let you off easy. And, yeah. you, and, and I think he honestly, I think he goes to my church now, so like I still see him, and like, okay. he's honestly, okay. a he's a cool guy. Okay. And I think I think he saw you fall on the sword, and I think he said that was my that was my first week at this school, and I think he said, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to call, have to call this kid's parents. It's his first right. week at the school, you know, I've I've known about Pruitt for a while. He's a good kid. Right. And I really, I genuinely think that he was the hero of that situation because had it been someone else that had seen that, I think it could have been a lot worse because Jimmy was, as they said. Our father, right? Despite all genetic, um, you know, implications and everything right. like that, it wasn't fucking true, but they said it, right? Um, you can't assign someone who you know you, you can't assign people to their father. You can't assign people to their father, right? And uh, and Pruitt displayed that, and I think it honestly changed the narrative of our school, 
Right. Because the family groups changed. I was there a, a lot longer than Pruitt, as he said he transferred to a public school. Right. I went to that public school um, mm-hmm. to pursue my dream of football. Um, okay. I realized I needed to transfer again, so I wasn't with Pruitt. But aside from all that, I think not only was that a paving um, foundation point in our friendship, I think it was it, w- it was a big foundation point in the school because I think Max might have sat back and realized this is kind of fucked. We're putting these kids and some of these resident students, as I said, Jimmy. Jimmy uh-huh. was 14. We were 15 to 16. Right. Why the fuck is Jimmy getting to sit here and tell us what to do when he's younger than us? It was right. like a fraternity, but they just threw you in there together. Right. And it, it was like a family. It, I didn't like it. And my thing is, like, this illustrates an even bigger point to me. Is, you know what, sometimes you have to go against authority. 100%. But that same authority is going to call you out, and they're going to ask if you did what you did. Your best bet in any situation is to own up. Own up. Because you never know if you might have a Max, and Max might sit there and say, Damn. You deflated a resident student's air mattress tonight. And it was honestly... A fucking casual joke that back in the day when I was in high school in the 80s probably would have been pretty damn funny and no one would have said anything about. But now that we live in this cushy environment, it's getting talked about. Right. I think Jimmy lost that situation. I think he did. And he took an L by having to sleep on a deflated air mattress. You're right. And he deserved it because he was a ruthless tyrant and I'm not about that shit. This is America. I agree. We don't play that shit here. We don't play that shit. So if you fuck with us, your bed's getting deflated. You're right. If you get fucked with, you defend yourself. You defend yourself in any way possible. But when you get challenged by the authority above you, you be honest. Don't be, honest. be a little weasel and deny what you did. Yeah, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying to be anarchist and go against uh, authority. But if authority is younger than you, like Jimmy, like Jimmy, then you need to just say, fuck Jimmy, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, boom. For our next segment... We'd like to call our friend Bennett. Bennett has a pretty interesting past. Um, I'll let him talk about what he wants to talk about. I don't want to say what he doesn't want me to say. And um, Yeah, he's just a funny guy, and we also grew up with him. But he's probably our biggest um, oddball in the group, you would say, right? Of course. Yeah, he's a, he's a wild card. Yeah. And uh, we think his, his, um, his um, analytical process on things is pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, we figured out we would do uh, a new segment called Five Minutes with Bennett. Where we're five gonna basically minutes with Bennett. With Bennett. We're going to give him five things in five minutes, or sorry, one minute to talk about each thing. Um, so let's go ahead and get him on. Let's give him a call. Let's give him a call real quick. Let's let's see what Bennett's up to. He's probably playing Fortnite. I would guess it. What's up, Bennett? What, what you doing, dog? What are you doing, Bennett? Nothing much. This is, should I be on speakerphone? Or? Yeah, you're you on speaker, You're on speaker? Bro. You're good? You're you good. good. What are you up to? All right, we're going to run five topics by your brain, and we want you to comment and say whatever the fuck you think about them. You're going to get one minute on the timer. Mark's got his timer pulled up. You're going to get one minute per topic, and we just want to hear what you think about it, okay? All right, fire away. When you hear me say, eh, that means stop, okay? Wait, make that noise again. I got I to gotta remember what it sounds like. Eh. Cool. Okay, now I got it. Awesome. All right, Bennett, you are on the clock in three, two, one. Your first question is SeaWorld. Um, I think Shamu is that dude. Uh, Shamu? Fuck, okay. Fuck SeaWorld, man. Why is that? 
I don't know, man. I feel like those killer whales and shit should be out in the uh, the ocean, living their uh, their real life. Why is not that? This, not this uh, in the pool bull crap they got going on. No, I agree. I agree. They got some sweet roller coasters, though. Okay, the roller Gosh. coasters go hard, but what do you think about beautiful killer whales being stuck inside of a tiny cage or aquatic um, environment? I should say. No, bueno. I'm not with that. But, I'm not uh, with that either. They do. They do a little good, man. They got some of them little uh, short, little short-legged uh, turtles up in there. Yeah. What you mean about the <laughs> short-legged <laughs> turtles? Yeah, them little, them little, them little dude, soft-looking guys. Oh, like like from Finding Nemo. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna give okay okay, so so they're they're good and bad. <clears throat> okay, Bennett, that was a that was a, that was a good uh, a good discussion a right solid there. Solid minute of descriptive okay. discussion on SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah, this is good Discord. Okay, Bennett, you are on the clock in three, two, one. Your next question is fedoras? Question mark. enough to rock one then I dig the self-confidence because anybody who, anybody who puts on a fedora I think is saying a statement You're saying yeah I'm here check me out look at me okay would you wear a fedora yourself and would you pull it off if you wore it uh personally no I don't okay. think I could I wish I could I wish I could be that guy I wish I could look like Justin Timberlake and do a little twirl and flip that thing on my head okay but that's not me. I understand. Bro, yeah. Jason Mraz action. Jason Mraz, yeah. He pulls it off well as well as Johnny Depp. Um, I would like to thank uh, Zach Efron. Johnny Depp for sure. Johnny Depp's got to Yeah, if Zach Efron said, fuck it, I want a fedora, I think he could do it. Yeah. But you wouldn't wear one yourself, right? I feel like I feel like, I feel feel like, like if you can pull off a fedora, you've reached an elite level of status. Okay. Okay, okay. We agree with that. That's a great... Okay, cool. You just hit one minute on fedoras, Bennett. We're going to move on to the next topic. You're going to start in three, two, one, on how you feel about birthday card shopping. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, I think. I'm more of a uh, person will write a little, little note, say what you really feel. Okay. Why and is I that? Mean, you can't go wrong with a funny little Hallmark card with a catchy song inside. Uh, I like to think of Easy A with Emma Stone listening to uh, what's that song. You get stuck in your head for a week. I don't know. This is five minutes with Bennett, not five minutes with Mark. Y'all know, y'all know the reference when she's singing in the shower. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I love it's in the like show. shampoo and her mohawk. Yeah, I can dig that. A little, little birthday card, a little, little, little music to it. I can dig that. Okay. Okay, are you... Would you say would you say your family is more of a sentimental birthday card family or a funny birthday card family? Um, birthday is definitely funny. Funny? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just gotta Christmas, find the you, you gotta find the balance. Bit, yeah, Christmas or like graduation or something like milestone kind of is more of a uh, you know. One hundred. They're gonna write the card. Okay. You reached your you reached your time limit for the next one. This is number four. We have farmers tans. Three, two, two one. One farmers tans, Bennett. I think anybody with a farmers tan, there's there's always a story behind the farmers tan. Okay. Yeah. This, this guy's, you know, he's, he's a man's man. He's, okay. Uh, I think farmer's tan is what this country is made off of, you know. The okay. That's uh, scared to roll their sleeves up and uh, work so is that, a, is that a historical fact? Does that mean that um, George Washington, I, Abraham Lincoln were probably George rocking Washington farmer's tan? Thomas Jefferson had the 
Miller Farmer Towns. They had mean farmers there. Okay, I agree. Well, they I were agree. in the fields, though. But you don't think that they had on a nice pillowed shirt? Yeah, probably. Probably? No, nah, I think they, I think they were up there, sleeves rolled up. Okay. Okay. After it. Do you we think Do you think that females like a farmer's tan, or do you think that women would would prefer a man to be more uh, even tone, as in um, just all bronze, or rather than quarter bronze? You know what I'm saying? Well, I actually haven't met a woman without a farmer's tan yet. That's okay. Really wow. interested in it. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty heavy on uh, farmersmeatbones.com. You know, we reached a minute, but I think that maybe you're onto something here, Bennett, and I think that maybe Tinder means... Plus, who hasn't been to a freaking water park and check out that, that dude with the farmer's tan? You just look at you're him. Right. Just, you're right. That dude does not Do you, Okay, star. Bennett, if Tinder made an option where you could switch an on and off switch to where you could select from people with farmer's tans and without farmer's tans, you think you would use it? Oh, yeah, I'm going to farmer's tans. I think it says somebody's not scared of hard work. Boom. I like that. I'm with that, Bennett. Okay, so this is the last one, and this is a big one, Bennett. Um, we've talked about this before. I've known you for a while. I think I know your opinion, but I'm interested to hear um, what you say on it now. Nipple rings, whether it be male or female, sexual or non-sexual, nipple rings, yes or no? Three, Three two, two, one, one. go. I'm all for okay. the female, the uh, female variety. Males, <laughs> too. I mean, males, if you want to do it. If there you, you go. If you, don't, if you don't mind that extra awkward, like... 30 or 60 seconds when you're going through security at the airport like hey like i, I have like some metal in my like nipples like okay. if you're if you're not scared of that conversation so you think you fun. think you think it's more it's more fun you know it's you, a little christmas ornament you kind of play with it a little bit or are you more of a guy like, are you gonna appreciate it are you gonna look into it and what kind of uh metallic uh elements it's made out of or why they have it the story behind it what do you think about that I'm actually a huge magnet nerd. Okay. Can you so elaborate? I, I think I might leave that one for the imagination of you guys. I like, <laughs> okay. I like, to, I like to bring my magnets in there and uh, get a little uh, north-south bowl going. You know what I'm saying? Okay. We're here with that. We're here with that. Well, good. Bennett, I'm you sure just I'm reached sure a so full sure. minute. On topic number five of Five Minutes with Bennett. Bennett, we appreciate your input, and we are going to check in with you next week on episode four of Suburbia for Five Minutes with Bennett. Bennett, thank you. Love you, Benzie. See you, buddy. Our next segment is, as y'all know, um, our trash of the week. Um, As we are called Suburbia, we kind of like to think of it as taking the trash out. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to Pruitt. What's What's your trash of the week? My trash of the week is people who do not tip when they go out to eat. Mm. So I have been a server for probably three or four years now. And every single night that I work, I go out of my way to do things that I need to do for different tables. I get them refills. I do whatever that I need to do. And obviously that's in my job description. But it always seems like that it's the tables that ask you to do the most things. We need a refill. We need crayons. Um... (laughs) Our kid just spilled their drink. Can you please clean this up? Uh, We forgot to order an appetizer. Can you please put in some uh, mozzarella sticks? Sure. Put in some mozzarella sticks. Uh, We need a refill again. Um, They spilled a lemonade. Uh, They don't want to do sweet tea anymore. Our kid wants to do uh, fruit punch with a little splash of Sprite in it. Jeez. They do that? That's fucking weird. Oh, yeah. it's always wants fruit punch and Sprite? It's always the ones who ask the most things. You do all these things for them. 
you close out their check. Oh, thank you so much. You did a great job. We appreciate you. We'll go ahead and take the check, bring the check around. Their bill's like 80 bucks, which standard tip, if the server did a good job, is 20%. So that's like around a $16 tip. You drop the check off, you run their card, walk back to the table after they leave. They left a whole fucking mess on the floor. That little three-year-old kid threw up on the ground. There's a bunch of shit going on. And they don't tip you. Grab the check off of it, and it's zero dollars. Damn. The audacity. The audacity. If you go out to a restaurant and your server does a halfway decent job, gives you what they need to get, Tip them 20%. All it takes is move the decimal point from your bill over one place to the left and multiply it by two. Because listen, servers are making two thirteen an hour. Let's say I work for six hours on a Friday night from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I'd probably take about 25 tables in that time period. If I'm working that much, if every single person doesn't tip me over a six-hour period, I'm making 12 bucks. Two thirteen an hour. The restaurant industry relies on people tipping. So if your server did a good job, pay them the twenty percent of the bill that you end up paying for. Because otherwise, let's say a restaurant instituted a situation where okay, don't tip the servers. We're just going to include the price in the food. You're paying almost double the amount of your food because the restaurant owner has to pay the server. Their money per hour, which is seven twenty-five minimum yeah. wage, you see what I'm yeah, saying? No, I, I totally understand it. If if a restaurant's paying a server two tw- or two thirteen an hour, the the customers have to tip because if they don't tip, all the servers making is two thirteen exactly. an hour. And you hear that now. My dad instilled that into me at a young age, and I understood that at a young age. And the problem with that because my dad's brother, I think, or someone that he knew, was doing what Pru was doing. It's fucked up. Because these people are in there, and they're giving their all to bring you your fucking food and give you a good time with your fucking family so your fucking kid can color in Mr. Incredible's fucking suit red and, you know, enjoy his fucking fish fillet or whatever the fuck it's called, you know, at whatever crew it works. You know, they're doing their job and they're trying hard. Don't be a shitty person and fucking tip. No matter what it is, if it's Moe's, Moe's, when they give you your credit card receipt, like a, a restaurant like Moe's, if they give you your credit card receipt, I don't tip them because that's like, you know, you're just walking through a line and you're ordering. But if you've got some motherfucker like Pruitt who's a stand-up dude, and I can attest to that, and, and, and most of these college kids, you know, a lot of them are servers, and they're our age, you know, help them out. Don't be an asshole. I think it's one of the, probably the lowest things you can do. Because when you get that tip after spending an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes probably two and a half hours with these people, and you see that there is no money put on that tip line, then I forgot what the original number you said was around two dollars. Two thirteen an hour. That is that's like that's like that's like like telling someone to just go fuck themselves. Yeah. While you ride off with your your family or your friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend into the sunset and go be free for the rest of the night, you know, and they're gonna have to bust tables and bust dishes and clean that shit up. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Just be nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Exactly. And if if I come to your place, I'm going to fucking tip the shit out of you. Well, thank you, man. Yes, of course. So, on conclusion with that, tip your servers. Yeah. Tip your bartenders. Just be a nice person. Yeah. Because it's the right thing to do. It's not hard. Yeah. And if you can't afford to go out to eat and provide a tip, don't go out to eat. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. You make a fucking turkey sandwich. You know, you can go get a public sub. Yeah. I think it's $4.95 and you can eat good. Yeah, you know, and if you got a family, then go buy some fucking chicken nuggets and put them in the microwave. Yeah, exactly. but if you can't tip, don't go. to Where do you work? 
Actually, don't say that. We can't say that. No, no, no. It's just it's it's a pizza place near my house. If you're yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina, and you happen to end up at the restaurant that has authentic New York style pizza, mm. and I'm working, ask for Pruitt. Yeah. And I will hook you up with some great service. But don't leave me a zero on the tip line. Yeah. I might be a little bit mad. A little bit. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, one thing that we are very fortunate and blessed to have this episode is our manager. Her name is Ava. She also happens to be my girlfriend. But sometimes the best people that keep you in line are your girlfriends. Amen. Right? Amen. So me and Mark realized that we need somebody to do artwork for us, give creative ideas, do things like that. And Ava was the best fit just because she has an artistic soul. She's good at what she does. She's a great person. She's good and solid with advice. So we're just going to bring her in right now, since she's been listening in on this episode, and we want to hear what your trash is this week. All right. My trash of the week is a certain type of person that, Pruitt, you can um, relate to this because you went on a tangent the other night about the certain type of person. It is the type of person in a bar that will not move out of the way when... You're trying to get through a crowd, trying to get to the other side of the bar, whatever, and you tap on them, nicely say, excuse me, <laughs> Yeah. don't move for I whatever agree. reason, they think, whatever, they're too entitled or whatever, Yeah. don't move out of the way, and then you push your way through and they get mad at you, so yeah. you gotta You gotta trash. push at that point. If they're gonna ignore you, you gotta push. It's, right. just like, it's just like what I said last week for mine when you're walking down a hall and people are in your way. Like, just get the fuck out of the way. Right. You know? If you're at a bar, and there's a, a beautiful young lady like Ava trying to get a drink, get out of the way. Don't right. stand there. Right. You, you, like, if, if you were at McDonald's, would you stand right in front of the cash register and sit there and talk to your fucking boy about what he's doing later tonight while someone behind you is trying to order a quarter no. pounder? No, fuck you no. wouldn't. So if I'm trying to order a rum and coke, or Ava's trying to order her drink of choice, get out of the way. Right. Anybody in a bar. Right. And, like, my biggest pet peeve in bars is when people walk through and shove into people and don't say anything. My big thing is you can be four feet shorter than me or four feet taller than me. If you're walking by me in the bar and you tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, man, excuse me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to move. Like, I'm going to be like, yeah, of course. Like, thank you for being courteous and saying excuse me. The other night, me and Ava were in a bar. I'm trying to get through to the exit because we're trying to leave at this point. And this motherfucker's standing there talking to his friends. I tap him on the sh- shoulder. Excuse me, man. Like, excuse me. Excuse me. He looks at me and, like, kind of looks me up and down and shakes his head and starts uh-huh. talking to his friend again. And I was, like, smiling a little bit. And I tapped him again. And I was like, excuse me, man. I'm just, like, I'm trying to move through here. Yeah. Like, excuse me real yeah, quick. Yeah. Like, just excuse me. <clears throat> like, I'm trying to be courteous. And he just, like, doesn't move out of the way. So I shoved past him. He kind of lunges towards me, uh-huh. and I look back at him, and I was like, "What the fuck are you gonna do?" I hope that happens tonight. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What? What the fuck? Like, don't fucking talk to me." I looked him in dead in the eyes. Yeah. I said, "I said who? You got the, to. I said who the fuck raised you? Exactly. Do you have no common sense? Just get out of the way. Right, get out of the fucking way." I was like, "I was yeah. like, I asked you nicely to get yeah. the fuck out of my way, yeah. and you're not gonna move, and you're gonna be such a fucking douchebag." Yeah. Raised by fucking mongrels, apparently. Let it out, let it out, let it out. That you're not going to fucking move? Exactly, let it out. And and his friend was like, 
his his friend grabbed him. He was like, he, he's right, man. Like because he knows it's fine. It's because like he knows. his friend was like, let's, let's, dude, dude just, just, it, he's right, he's right. So he tried to move him away. I in, looked, at, I looked him dead in the eyes. Situation. I looked him dead in the eyes. I was like, listen, if you want to go outside and talk about it, we can. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no sorry, sure. sorry, man, sorry, yeah. man. Don't be an asshole and stand in the way of people. Because Don't. It's right. common sense. Right. Don't stand in the way. And if you're moving through a bar crowd, the other pet peeve I have is when I'm standing in a crowd and someone just shoves past me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if you walk past me. If you tap me or on the shove. shoulder and say, hey, man, I'm excuse me. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Walk no, it's, by. It's just, it's, it's, it's it's more, just like it's more so into the principle of things. Like It's just like common if, courtesy. Yeah, if we all if we all like thought about those things, you wouldn't see barstool sports or old row or all these people posting fight videos and shit we'd be like the video that we posted and that our boy um from your dad's america enjoyed where you look at those videos there's not a soul on their phone there's not a single person taking selfies and being obnoxious about shit they're just all having a good time and if we're all respectful and you just have common sense because no one wants to get bumped into in a bar and Pruitt did the right thing and asked this guy to get out of the way and he's trying to leave with his girlfriend. It's just common sense. You know? Right. There's no need for all this bravado and all this, this negative energy. Let's just all have a good time. Right. Because exactly. if we don't have a and good time, eventually when our kids get to be where we are where we are now, they're not gonna have what we had. I mean, we might not have what we had because we're just all fucking it up and we're all mad at each other. Let's just relax. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's your trash this week? My Mark? trash is smelly feet. Two days ago, I was hanging out with a friend, and she said, oh my god, your feet smell like shit. And I was like, a little bit taken aback, because I'm a pretty hygienic person. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I shower, not only do I wash my body, but I wash my feet. And I get in between the toes, and I do everything necessary um, to handle that. So, I think, as men in America... We need to take a chance to look at our feet and reanalyze how we're doing things. Because I uh, I wear shoes without socks a lot. And according to my friend, that is not a good idea. So if you're doing that, that's my trash of the week. And you need to take that out and put it in the green Herby Kirby in your backyard. Yep. Excuse me, I burped. Again. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. You need to take it out. You wear socks. Because after she, my friend said that, I appreciated it because I grabbed my shoes, I grabbed my, my, my boots, I grabbed my wallabies, every pair of shoes, you know, my, my, my basketball pickup shoes, and I said, holy shit, my feet smell terrible. But yeah. with that said, I want to get into our next segment, which would be the startup portion of this thing. And one of my boys, Matt Griffin, lives down in Georgia with me right now, he created a sock to prevent all those issues. And it's called Kennedy and Crow. Basically, my friend Matt invented a way or created a way. I don't know if he invented it, but he figured out a way to do it and make socks out of bamboo fiber. And these 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 bamboo fibers within the socks, they're moisture wicking. So you're not going to have your feet smelling like shit when you take your shoes off. They're eco-friendly. And it yields up to 10 times more um, area of land, you know, that it would take to create a sock than a normal cotton sock would. Bamboo is a lot better than a lot of things that we use nowadays. And my boy Matt's on the grind right here trying to figure this out. Also, there's no pesticides. 
or fertilizers used to produce these socks making bamboo like you would in a cotton or another place where you would produce these. Mm -hmm. Along with that, it takes less water and it requires one-third the amount of water that is necessary to make these cotton socks that you're seeing Nike and Adidas and all these people make. And if you think about it, when you wear a cotton shirt, you're sweating your dick off. When you wear cotton socks, your feet are damp. I'm not talking to the female listeners, if we even have any, but if you're a man, your feet are going to be a little bit damp. Yeah. Kennedy and Crow, my boy Matt Griffin from Atlanta, created these. He bootstrapped, started up, funded four thousand or, or so dollars in order to get this started. And these socks look cool; they feel great. I've tried them on, and they're awesome. Um, I I'm not going to tell you what socks to wear. If you want to keep wearing your same old cotton socks and, and making your new suit, your new shoes smell like shit, you you can do that. But I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, it, it'd be nice to, to just go in your closet. Because after my friend, her name was Alex, she said that to me. I said, is this true? And I grabbed all my shoes and I smelt them. And they smelt like cottage cheese or a chicken salad, something like that. But it's yeah. not right. That's not how shoes should smell. So it's time to adhere to that and take a little bit more uh, notice of it. And I'm not and I'm not encouraging you all to go buy. I'm not endorsed by these people. We have no contractual agreements with them. But uh, he's from the same state as me. I think these socks look pretty cool. They also might help me out with a new problem I discovered. That is sweaty feet. Because we all need to take more uh, more notice to that and be more akin to that. Of course. Aside from that, though, let's get into our next segment. Um, your badass historical moment of the week. Um, Pruitt has done these the past two days. But I'm going to get into our next one. This one's about Rick Monday. Let's hear it, Mark. Let's hear it. Rick Monday was a center fielder for the Chicago Cubs. Um, and I believe in April of 1976, um, two hippies, that's what they are described on this uh, Vice Sports article as hippies. You know, they're doing what they want to. They want to burn this flag. That's fine. They can be themselves and do that. I, for one, would not agree with that. Would you? Would you want an American would, flag burned on America's pastime? I would never agree with yeah. burning an American flag. Especially at a baseball game. No. The Dodgers, the Cubs. The great playing. American pastime? The diamond. The no. fucking diamond. They're on the diamond, and they come out there, uh, and they start bending down. And then you can hear the announcers on the video if you look it up, Rick Monday. Uh, just type in Rick Monday, yeah. So they're bending down. They're lighting it. I'm assuming they have some some type of lighter fluid or something. Yeah. And from center field, probably 100 to 120 yards away, is fucking Rick Monday. And this guy looks like Pruitt right now. He's got uh, he probably had a little bit more flow. He's got longer hair, but he's got the stash going. He he looks like Dirk Diggler um, from fucking whatever that movie is in the 70s that was about porn stars. You know, he's got the whole 70s vibe going. And that motherfucker who looks like he drinks a fucking Bud Light every day sprints over 100 yards and he grabs that American flag out of those dudes' hands literally .5 seconds before they can light that that, that, that son of a gun on fire. Mm-hmm. And he rips it out of their hands. And if you look up the video, you can hear the announcer just screaming as he does it and the fans in the stadium screaming because they know they, they knew what it was about I believe it would have been if it was in the 70s what would have been the, the, the strife of the time do you know I can't think right if now. you're saying 70s it would have been Vietnam I think Vietnam I don't have the article because code, so I apologize for our fact check but at that time in history in the 70s there was a lot of controversy as to is, Mer- is America America or are they doing things that are controversial uh-huh. there's a lot of question as to are we really patriotic or are we supporting things that we don't believe in? Yeah. 
And Rick Monday, I think he did what a lot of us would have done. What uh, what Mel Gibson did in, in, in The Patriot. Um, I don't remember the scene very vividly, but I know it involves him mm-hmm. taking an American flag against the Redcoats and saying, fuck y'all, this is our country, we're good. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Rick Monday, a starting center fielder for Chicago Cubs, could uh, you know stride over there and rip that out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, it's not defending our country, it's not protecting anyone, but it's really just the principle of it's it. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. And you don't burn an American flag because people give have given their lives to that, you know. Right, and we're we're pretty open to. I'm up- very open. If you right. want to take a kneel during the national anthem, if you want to do that, my 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 dad dedicated his time, and and my uncle and my grandfather, they all they gave their lives and their time uh, to to serve this country. But if you want to do that, and you feel that you need to, you have every right to because that's the beauty of our country is that you have the right to express your opinion. Right. So if you want to take a kneel during the national anthem, you be my guest. Right. I, I'm not going to comment on it, and I'm not going to fight about it because what we want with this uh, with this podcast is everybody to be unified and to be able to discuss what they believe. Right. And if if anybody believes that's that's uh, that's necessary, we welcome you to, to talk to us, and, right. and we want you to be be involved because we want everybody to who listens to this to be, you know, just to be an, an individual and right. original and have their own views. And but don't mind that. if you feel like in your own psyche and inside of your own beliefs that you need to burn an American flag <laughs> to express what you believe in. We don't want you on, we don't want you listening. Yeah. We wouldn't like you to listen. Um, if you want to listen because you think we're funny, you're more than welcome to, you might want to skip some of the patriotic stuff, but yeah, we'd ask that you don't do that. You know, don't burn the American flag. Yeah, Don't burn the American flag. That's the one thing we, we'll take away from this. We can, we can stand there. behind that. You, you can take a knee, you know, and that's all fine because I want everybody to smile after. Like, if you're at a football game, I don't want anybody to be mad at right. anybody. You know, right. if you don't want to stand up during the national anthem, you don't stand up. That's your right because it's America. But don't burn our flag. That's the one thing. Of course. And, and thank you to Rick Monday for. There's a beautiful picture of it. If you are a pretty uh, patriotic person like myself or like Pruitt, um, it's him ripping the flag. You know, out of their out of their their clutches, out of their hands as they're, their tr- hands. as they're trying to burn it. And it's pretty damn legendary. And I I don't know the stats to the game, but I think it's pretty cool that someone's able to go uh, defend mm-hmm. the um you know moral and I guess like uh, what would the word be for a flag. Symbolic value. Symbolic, yeah. Anyone who, who's able to defend the symbolic value of a country that is a flag and then go play a baseball game, I'm impressed with you. And I think that's pretty damn badass. So thank Rick you, Monday, Monday, you're a badass. Yeah, thank you. Let's move on to our final and complete topic of the week. For episode three, we're going to finish up with our fucked up Florida headline of the week. I'll just go ahead and read this out to you, Mark, and you can just speculate and tell me what you think. Let's go. Florida man convicted of burying ex-reporter in concrete for his Magic the Gathering collection. So this man, apparently, New York Daily News says, William Cormier III was so desperate for money that he killed Sean Dugas in the fall of 2012 so he could steal his $100,000 collection of fantasy role-playing cards, Wow! prosecutors said. Jurors convicted Cormier of his first-degree murder after a little more than an hour of deliberations. 
Cormier showed no reaction as the verdict was read. He faces up to life in prison. So essentially, this was based on a card game. Magic the Gathering. Okay. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh, I'm assuming. So right now, the starter pack, the Magic the Gathering starter pack, revised starter edition, I believe. The Magic the Gathering revised starter deck, German Black Bordered, on Walmart. Has a one thousand six hundred dollar value right now. Sixteen hundred bucks. Sixteen hundred bucks. So I guess there is some um, some value in what he did, but that's pretty fucking crazy. So did he bury him alive? I'm picturing like Han Solo and I'm thinking in Star so. Wars, like uh, in in the um, I forgot what it's called, uh, carbonite or whatever it's called. They put him in when he freezes. So this motherfucker died. So here's what I'm thinking. Typically, if you're laying concrete, you are laying it in your own home. Yes. You're not gonna you're not gonna lay concrete in a public establishment. You're not gonna lay it in a park somewhere. If you're putting concrete down, you're doing it in your own space. So here's what I'm thinking. Sean Dugas, who was killed, was invited over by William Cormier. Oh, it's like a like a like a little like, like hey man, member. like hey man, I appreciate the collection of a hundred thousand dollar cards that you have. You've got, you know, 200 of these trading cards that are worth like 100,000 bucks. I just want to talk to you. <laughs> he I think that whoever got killed, was it Cormier or was it No, Doug Dugas, Dugas. got killed. So Dugas was a, I think he fucked up going over there because yeah. if Dugas was sitting on a gold mine then that was his right, that's of course. his shortcoming. Because you, like if I got a lot of valuable baseball cards and there's some collector calling yeah. me over. I'm so here, here's what I'm thinking. William Cormier had an in-ground pool, and he emptied it. Mm-hmm. There was no water in it. He invited Sean Dugas over. He said, listen, man, I just want to discuss the card collection. I really enjoy Magic the Gathering, and I'd like to have some more cards, but I just want to talk to you about what you got. So Sean Dugas comes over to William Cormier's house with his 300 cards that are worth like 100000 bucks. They're hanging out by the empty pool. Sean Dugas sticks a fucking six by three PVC pipe in the pool <laughs> and it starts filling up. Uh-huh. And Sean Dugas is like, what are you doing, man? There's wet concrete filling up your empty pool. And uh, William Cormier is like, nah, nothing, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just leveling the ground a little bit. Let's see the cards. So uh, Sean Dugas pulls out a briefcase. It's got like an eight level lock pad on it. It's got like like eight numbers on it. Like, yeah. Like fucking uh, like some fucking Mission Impossible yeah, shit. Of with, with some beeping going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the case opens. There's like a gold light extruding from the case. There's like three hundred cards in there. The hundred dollar, hundred thousand dollar value. And uh, William Cormier is looking at him. And all this time behind him, the pool is just steadily filling up with wet concrete. Mm-hmm. Oh my fucking yep. god, dude. It's like American Horror Story. Yep. So keep going. Yep. William Cormier looks at Sean Dugas. He says, you know what, man? I'd like to buy these cards from you. He says, oh, they're not for sale. This is a personal collection. I would never sell these. William Cormier looks at Sean Dugas. He says, you know what? I think I'm just going to take him for free. He shoves. <laughs> he shoves Sean Dugas 
out of the back of the chair, and he's encapsulated <laughs> like fucking Han Solo. Yeah, with his hands out. With yeah. his hands out, screaming in the I, wet that's concrete. How that's how I picture it too. Yeah, and so he's saying fuck. I would assume it would be a, it would be one of those moves where you're you're grabbing the binder of cards or the uh-huh. briefcase as you said, uh-huh. and then a quick shove to the jaw. Yeah, you're in the concrete. You're Ooh. not getting out of concrete when you Ooh. fall. You're falling back first in the concrete. You're fucked. And you know it's the swimming pool. We're gonna say um, three to twelve feet. Yeah, no matter where you fall in, you're fucked. You are a hundred. You're not getting fucked. out of that. I mean, maybe you could. I don't know. I don't know how malleable wet concrete is. But yeah. did he die? He's dead. Wow. Fuck Florida. That's so fucked up that that it actually happened. I thought maybe he like crawled out and like called no, the cops. That's he's fucked. Dead. Fuck. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. That's fucking crazy. Jesus. <laughs> Florida man does it again. Florida man. Florida man. If you're a Florida man, we're not shitting on you. We got a lot of respect for you. We find it uh, honestly amazing that you were able to survive in your state. And not Florida man's. I'm sorry. I think Florida man is the incorrect branding. I think we should make it Florida person. Because y'all are all incredible fucking beings. And I honestly sometimes question whether or not you were put here by some type of extraterrestrial uh, life form. Because I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Because I got a mean collection of, 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 of uh, World of Warcraft cards. Yeah, um, I'm not proud of that. I was eight years old. I liked World of Warcraft. Blizzard put them out. Uh, that's the company that makes World of Warcraft. If someone were to come after me, I don't know what I would do to defend myself as a nine-year-old, eight-year-old. Right. But right. if you've got people willing to kill you in fucking cement in Florida for paper fucking cards, then y'all got some other shit going on, and I want to commend you and applaud you. If you're a Florida listener, we would love to have you call in because, honestly... You are so far ahead of us in the spectrum of life and just being able to actually maintain and survive, you yeah. know? Because if, 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 if things go apocalyptic, I picture the world, or not the world, but America in general turning into Florida. Florida's the last state to go, dude. Yeah, it would be the last They're state surviving. to go. Exactly. So you're, we're going to have to look at y'all for guidance. So it isn't us shitting on y'all. It's almost an appreciation for the wild and crazy shit. You know that y'all deal with yeah. on a daily basis. Exactly. And we talked about this last time. And if Steve Irwin were to create a TV show, as we said, it would probably be this. But we want to construct, possibly, maybe after a few episodes, a basis of guidelines and some pretty common things that might happen in Florida because we feel like a lot of this shit is pretty, pretty repetitive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Aside from that, though, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, this will be the end of episode three. We're shooting for every Wednesday. You should be hearing this right now on Wednesday, May 1st. We appreciate you listening if you are. Uh, if you're following us on Instagram, at SuburbiaPod, please feel free to tell your friends about us and share our um, clips and or memes, um, pictures posted. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate that. All right, I think that about wraps it up, Mark. I think it does too, yeah. With that being said, my name is Pruitt. My name is Mark. And we appreciate you listening to Suburbia, Episode 3. Thanks again. Have a good night, everybody.